Okay, we are here. We missed a week. Mm -hmm. I uh, just wasn't feeling it last week. That's fine. It's understandable. Probably close the uh, uh, cellar door because that's always where the weird sounds come from. <laughs> the rattling chains. Yeah. The uh, various other, you know, water sounds. And things like that. Um, how evil is your son? becoming because all the characters i see that he seems to love are oh that looks flat what is the uh. we'll see what this is uh <laughs> sick and twisted man sick and twisted. yeah uh all all the characters this year you know he has a big darth vader and a big uh, uh looks like a sith guy or something i assume it's a sith dude yeah that's um the inquisitor he died a couple seasons ago so they make the, all these toys and then you know, kill off the character when kids bought them all. So this is Honest Abe Red Ale from Sick and Twisted yeah. in Hill City, San Diego. South, South Dakota. Dakota. So San Diego is not a state. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so these guys haven't been too impressive lately. So we stopped drinking them on the show. Greg staring intently at the glass. Sweet. It's, cool it's very idea. sweet, kind of, yeah, um, almost barley whiny in its sweetness. Yeah. Uh, has a little bit of a uh, metallic thing going on. Uh, 8%. 8% on this guy. Oh, probably why it tastes a bit yeah. like a barley wine. They are sick and twisted over there. Mm. Anyway. So, yes, sir. I asked you yesterday. I asked you on Thursday whether we could do a Friday was show. Was that Thursday? Yes. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I I just saw it today. I thought it came in today, and I'm like, okay. I guess he's talking about next Friday. I'll just say yes because sure, I can do a Friday show. Mm -hmm. But I was like a little confused. <laughs> Did you look at the date on it? Maybe. I mean, that might have helped. <sighs> It was like the last thing I got from you, so I'm like, oh, it must have just happened. I asked you at 3 p.m. on... March 30th. 30th, which is Thursday, yeah. And you didn't respond until 4 o'clock today on Saturday. <laughs> the answer was yes, <laughs> nonetheless. The reason I wanted to do a Friday show is because I'm leaving for Tucson uh, tomorrow at 7 a.m. Oh, 7 a.m. tomorrow. Crap, yeah. okay, well... But hey, it's all right. I'll take it easy on you tonight. <laughs> It's okay. I, I I slept in, so I think I'll okay. be fine. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm uh, spending most of the week uh, in Tucson for the or summit or trade show. So mm -hmm. that'll be uh, that'll be fun. It's always fun, always enjoyable. Uh, Is it hot out there yet? It's pretty hot. Yeah, I guess it'd be ninety degrees. It's not wet though, but it's right. it's it's hot. Uh, if you're out there in the sun, you will feel it. Good times, good times. Mm. It gets pretty, but it's relatively cold at night, though. It gets in the 50s. Even colder sometimes, mm -hmm. I think. So, uh, I can actually tell you, because I think I have it on my thing, what Tucson is. Tucson right now is 57 degrees. Uh, the high today was 77. Uh, high tomorrow will be 81. Or, sorry, yeah, tomorrow will be 77. High tomorrow, on Monday, will be 81, 73, 81. It's actually not bad. Okay. Cool. Sunny. 
Yeah, so Greg was asking me about my printer. It's in a whole new contraption. There's no question that this was what Jeff absolutely wanted. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, every time I come in here, there's new stuff adorned. The printer is adorned with new things. And this time it's a whole, there's a giant white box around it. All of the edges have various 3D printed things. And there's stuff those, out of it that have 3D those, printed Okay, things. so those hinges on top are super cool. They printed, assembled. Uh-huh. And like it would not be disassemblable. It's one of those things where, you know, if you because like the inside hinges have pegs that go into the outside and it's not like a press fit or anything like that. You wouldn't be able to put them together. It, it kind of encased itself as it built itself up. Okay. Really cool. I didn't design those. You know, with Thingiverse, there's uh, so much. So I did design the elbows and the filter box and the hoods for the filter. So that's something. Basically, I got the HEPA filter in. And then, you know, designed around from that. And then the... Yeah, HEPA filter is one of those big industrial strength, you know, nanoscale filters or something, but... The thing, actually, HEPA is not necessarily fine enough to catch the ultra-fine particulate from printing ABS. So, I'm hoping it's like the best I have, and other people have a similar rig as this. I'm just hoping to kind of catch some of it, most of it. Now, what's the deal with ABS? Why would you need that? Uh, it's just one of the two kinds of plastic. ABS has a higher heat tolerance. Like if you print with PLA and try to make like a phone holder on the dash of your car, that'll be too hot and it'll sag and deform and stuff. So ABS is uh, better for that. The gold filament that I got, that kind of shiny metallic stuff, as far as I can tell, comes primarily in ABS. You know, so you know, there's times. So what's the go. filter for? The filter. Well, there's a carbon filter in there. It was just research I did online, you know, that because when I noticed when I was doing these larger ABS print jobs, it was getting pretty stinky down here and figured put the damn thing in a box and do a filter. If I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't care as much about it, but Mm. I don't know. It's a fun engineering project on top of being potentially helpful. So how long does elbow, he has these elbow like, um, the elbows. Uh, elbow. A, what are the elbow? Uh, Ninety degree. Uh, it's a uh, pipe. Yeah, plastic duct, pipe. Duct. duct. Yeah. Ninety degree elbow duct comes out of the boxes and t- through the hoods. Uh, so there's five pieces. There's the two elbows. There's the top and bottom hood, and there's a rectangle in the middle which holds the two the filter media. It holds sure. the HEPA and the carbon fiber. Um, those elbows, I want to say, took sixteen hours each. I can get. I can guess that. Yeah, because that's, that's a lot of material. Yeah, they're a little bit thicker than they probably need to be, but I'm still, especially on that curve, it was difficult to do a hollow curve with it. with the tools I have, not having a, like a high-end pro-level CAD program, you know, just using Tinkercad. It was uh, a bit tricky trying to do an extruded bent pipe, so I'm happy with how it turned out. But yeah, there's there's a lot of plastic in those. Uh, the hood in the filter holder, that's actually my second go at it. Uh, I tried printing it all in one piece before and it, I didn't make the walls thick enough. I had needed to have too much support material cause so it could print the top side of it and uh-huh. whatnot. So I broke it into three pieces and it, it's just, you learn when you're designing things for 3d printer, how the printer likes to print overhangs and things like that. So I, I kind of tweaked the design a little bit so it would be more printable in the component parts. Huh. 
a lot of work is going to this, and a lot more will continue because yeah. you said you know you don't like the you have hardboard there, but you would rather it be like some sort of like plywood or something. Yeah, yeah. So I thought a good, cheap way to you know prototype this box, at least you know, or just do this box was with hardboard. I thought it would have enough sturdiness to it. I thought if I was careful with the cuts, I'd be able to, you know, have have the corners all joined up nice and neat. Uh, but what I didn't account on for is how flexible it is. So like when I had stuff clamped and was gluing it, like the other pieces would bend just from the weight of the clamps on it, you know? Mm. And so, you know, like now that that flip down front cover with the plexiglass in it, I had the plexiglass in my garage for, you know, years. So it was a free piece of window, but you know, it doesn't quite fit. Like you can see in the bottom right corner there, how it's not lined up. Mm. And that the you can see how the top part is bowing where the filament is, you know. So there's, it's not a long term solution. Uh, I'm gonna have to where buy. Where does the webcam go? So the I've started having problems with that damn Logitech webcam, just like we were having with um, when we're using it for yeah. video conferences. It worked fine for a week, and then it just stopped working. I could could not get it to work. Um, Raspberry Pis seem to be kind of known for not doing USB video very well. So that ribbon cable down to that little green box there, that's the, the Raspberry Pi camera. kind camera. Yeah. And right now it's just dangling there because I was messing around with the box. Um, I have a longer ribbon cable on order. So I'm going to run the camera inside and have it kind of mounted to the hot plate. So it'll be stationary to the print object ah. and then the head will be moving around. So you'll just see the print object emerge in the center of your screen is kind of the ultimate plan for that. will be, I mean, can it, I guess it meant the bottom of the hot plate or something or oh, off the back. Okay. Uh, so the carriage of the hot plates on, I have a mount in there already. And then that little green plastic over by the tissue box that kind of attaches to that. And then I printed a pair, couple, um, you know, you know, the grill, the gorilla pod, um, camera tripod thing where it's kind of like a flexible thing. You ever see those? No. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, I think I have. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Actually, well, Jeff yeah. is going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can show you the gorilla pod. <laughs> was just over here. I must maybe put it away. Jeff has all all the stuff was out here when I got here. So, yeah. so oh, here it is. Anyway, I printed these little ball socket things. Okay. And I'm going to put that. That's what the camera's going to be attached to, so I can kind of adjust it and I point see. it right to the right thing. So then these these were actually in the Tinkercad program. Well, kind of the ball socket tolerances were in the Tinkercad program. I had to like make like stitch pieces together to do these, but anyway. Neat. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it'll I'm I'm ready to stop tinkering with uh all the hardware. Mm-hmm. You ready I'm, to finally build stuff? <laughs> I'm ready to start printing stuff. Yeah, but it's it's been learning. You know, trying to mm-hmm. trying to design. Well, like you said, I mean, you've been doing this. You've been getting to know your printer. You're beginning to know it really well, so you know what it can do and you know how yeah. to tweak uh, it. A lot, before I, you know, put the thing in the box, which I just did like Thursday night, I was really working on trying to fine-tune some of the printing like when we printed those coins right how it wasn't doing fills on short runs mm-hmm. and stuff like that there's another thing i'm seeing where i'm getting an artifact on the outside surface uh they call them zits uh, let's see if this guy has any zits on it uh, 
Yeah, so on the side here, it's kind of uniform, but then you'll see a single row kind of bulging out a little bit, almost like icing sticking out between two layers of cake. Sure, yeah. You know, so I'm trying to minimize that. So I did a series of test prints, and I, I got the zits to go away, but then I was getting pits in place of the zits. So uh, I got to work on... There's a, But there, like in your slicer program, there's... Depends on the program, but there's hundreds or thousands of parameters you can tweak to to do all kinds of little things. So, with the box, does it still sound as bad, or is it like is the sound muted? It's definitely muted with the box. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the printer update. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been pr printing with it regularly, but most of the stuff I've printed, other than that whole filter rig, has been designs I've got off Thingiverse, and then. Uh, it's like, I could design hinges, but, you know, why would I waste two hours mm -hmm. designing a hinge when I can just get a hinge off Thingiverse? You Have know? your kids asked for anything from the printer? Yeah. Yeah, Allie. So, I've been bugging Allie, right? Because she was so into this, and we messed up and got her a Minecraft account for her birthday also. <laughs> so, she hasn't been paying as well, much. Well, she's been attention. building, but it's just been in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been trying to get her to, you know, come up with something that she wants printed, you know, design herself type thing. Um, Max asked me today for some, uh, like, minifig. Like, I printed, like, I found on Thingiverse a, a Minecraft sword fit size for a minifig, a Lego minifig. And he asked for a crossbow today. So. I want a Mr. Poopy Butthole. Mr. Poopy Butthole. I think there's one on there. I think there's some on there. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be one color. It's not going to yeah, be right. yeah, but it'd awesome, but... I want a Mr. Poopy Butthole. Maybe in, preferably in green, I think. In green? I'll print it before I run out. I'm getting low on the green spool. Uh, I've been using that for most of my structural... Let me let me do a search right now. Uh, Thingiverse, Mr. Poopy... Mount, Mount Poop. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yep, Mr. Poopy Butthole by burning, by burning palm. <laughs> there you go. This is some skinny legs. I'm gonna have to figure maker out how to print them. Their other ones. Oh yeah, with the stand, that'd be nice. Maybe I'll try that one. That wouldn't take too much. I'll print with support, and it wouldn't take too much. Definitely needs a paint job after you get. Yeah, it absolutely. Paint. But still, I'll send this to you. Okay. Well, it's been a. Ding. It's been some interesting, uh, interesting couple of weeks. <laughs> a lot has happened. <laughs> um, let's talk about our show. Uh, Legion? I haven't watched the No, film. no, oh. our show. Our show. Oh, our show. Okay. Our show, Legion. <laughs> no. Okay, yes, our show. So, um, you want to talk about the blog talk radio? Yeah, I mean... I think it's still kind of up in the air, but it's an interesting proposal. Yeah, so I got the email from the the lady. Either she didn't send it the first time, or you know, there's, it seems like occasionally I don't get emails for some reason. Uh, so she resent it. It didn't really have anything long terms or anything like that. I need to forward it to you. Yeah. Still, it's mostly about getting into the system. But uh, I saw the contract, and my first perusal didn't seem. There didn't seem to be anything like that. There yeah, was there's no like, ownership of the like, show. There's nothing like that. It's just... So we got in touch, and by the 
with uh, Blog Talk Radio, and we talked to the the blog father. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, pod the Pod Vader. The Pod Vader for Jay. a good uh, a good thirty forty five minutes. We just talked about uh, about the business and how long we were doing it and and what we were what we might be looking for if if we want to. We went around the advertising round, and it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I think that people in general are not opposed to podcasts being having ads anymore. So it doesn't strike me as like show killing if we put some ads on the show. Mm-hmm. And the print the, the idea that we would get more exposure is always good. And they don't take any ownership of the show. We can leave it anytime we want. Those kind of things all seem nice. Yeah, we, seems like there's no reason not to give it a try, yeah. other than alienating listeners, but mm-hmm. we don't think that's a very high risk. We're not going to... I think we have the option of, like, how many ads we want to run. Right. You know, so we'll have to make sure we don't get greedy. It was funny when you made that joke about um, running all the ads and running the same show <laughs> between segments. It, it was... Did. It was a we- I thought the joke was a little weird, right? Because you're actually taking advantage of the system because you're going to get, you know, paid per spot run. Right, right. If it, you're not you're not having any more content to support the spots. So... That's uh, why it's funny. It's funny. But, that, but I made it as, as April Fool's joke. Right. But you were, ta- you were telling the guy, like, oh, we're going to... The first thing we're going to do is game your system. You know, so it sounded like to me, right? <laughs> oh. That was... Not, I mean, that was not the intention, but it, it was like that immediately came to my mind, like, wow, so someone could game the system like that. So immediately I was like, oh, well, <laughs> let's just do an April Fool's joke where you just have a whole bunch of ads in it. <laughs> you start getting interrupted. Yeah. Then we try to talk and get interrupted by an ad. It'd be funny. But, um, you know, obviously our April Fool's show is going to be tonight, so it's not, there's no April Fool's going on. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think it's worth, worth a shot. I mean, we don't lose any independence. We don't, we're, the one thing that we tried to ask is, you know, we want to make sure we don't have any beer ads on the show. And so far he says that, mm-hmm. well, we can't, we, that will be in the future you, to, to disable certain ads, but they don't have any beer ads right now. Yeah, the thing is, I, I worry that as soon as we sign up, their guys start, you know, canvassing the breweries, you know, <laughs> saying, we got Craft Beer Radio, you can get ad spots on Craft You know, that's what they're going to do, right? That's exactly what they're going to do. Perhaps. I don't know. Um, if that happens, and we could just, we could take it off. I mean, you know, especially if, if you know, if, if we're not making a lot of money off of yeah. it. Uh, the, the whole point is, is sustainability of the show, and perhaps to finally get those nice mics that I want. Um <laughs> Because they cost a lot of money, and they require not just the mics, but also these preamps, which are also which cost as much as the microphones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if for people who are upset about mouth sounds and stuff like that, these mics take care of it. They really they're they're refined for vocal and stuff performance. They really have uh, great uh, sound on them. So something to think about, something to put in the wish list. All right. Yeah, if it pays for it, I, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, prohibit your dream microphone. The other thing is that we're not going to savor this year. Uh, they're not having salons, so while we could have, you know, asked for passes, we wouldn't have gotten the hotels, we wouldn't have gotten the yeah uh, the the payment for uh, yeah all the all the sweet sweet yeah um, perks that we've gotten the last eight years or so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I asked Greg, "Do you still want to get press or not?" And he said, "Nah." And I'm like, "I'm, I'm with you." You know, yeah. I'm like I don't think we, you know, let's, let's just sit it out. 
but it's their 10th anniversary and then they decided for their 10th anniversary to change it up and not do salons. Things are going to have more breweries there. I think they're going to have the second floor is going to actually have breweries on it. Okay. So, and I mean, Hey, that works for them. I, I think that part of the, the interesting thing about Saber was having the salons and all the educational stuff and all the, the contact. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel like that's kind of not the Saber I like anyway. Mm-hmm. If it's just going to be a beer fest with no, with none of that other stuff going. Yeah, on. I'm with you, right? Uh, we've got some amazing hours of of talk of of the salons and which we should mention will not go, will not have commercials on them. We produce those in in um, in uh, what am I? What's the word? <laughs> partnership in partnership with the Brewers Association. They did not, you know, we, we, we did the. They did not have ads. We're not going to put ads on them. So that will always remain at free. Yeah. Just don't want to, you know, don't overstep. Right. And it seems like it's an easy call to, you know, we already received payment for, mm-hmm. for producing that content. So no reason to put ads on it. Uh, yeah. The way the ads, you know, the compensation for the ads work is, is it's impressions per month for the entire back catalog. So, you know, we have a pretty long tail. So that's kind of, Kind of nice, which, mm-hmm. but also means all the old shows are going to have ads stuck in the middle, or at least at the, at the beginning and end. Beginning and end, yeah. Because we have to actually point, we have to actually pick spots for the middle. Yeah, I don't know if you have to. You could probably just let it close your eyes and throw a dart. Yeah, but that doesn't. That's not a good experience for people. Um. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll get the contracts, and you know, nothing is set in stone now. And there's no, uh, we haven't signed anything, so it's just. Mm-hmm. But it, it's in the, it's in talks, and I think that it's, it's worth trying. And there's no reason why we can't pull out if we don't like it. Yeah, sure, sounds good. Get to record some testimonial ads since they have a higher CPM. <laughs> um. Boy, there's a lot happening in, in the world, but yeah, let's talk about Legion. So I haven't watched the last episode okay. yet. Um, you were kind of mad at me that I didn't love... I wasn't mad at you. I, I was... I, you didn't love it, and I was, but I was trying to explain why I thought it was great. When the, the episode right before the final episode, mm-hmm. episode seven, had... Uh, some fantastic things going on. I think I think it was one of the best episodes of TV uh, I've seen in, in years. Um, so I liked the uh, the silent movie part of it. Um, that was that the was, Lenny. The Lenny character is just so good. yeah. But that that whole sequence was just. I mean, my jaw was open. I was like, that is amazing. I've never, I mean, one of the things that I love about this show, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter, Thornton's Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that, you know, he feels the show is too artsy farty for its own good. So good moments, but overall far too discombobulated and confusing to really enjoy. But my response to him was, uh, the artsy farty stuff is what I enjoy. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a very, simple story that's been told over and over again. You know, somebody with superpowers or somebody with a gift uh, that, that has a test to fight a battle. The interesting thing is what they're doing with it. The interesting thing 
about the show is how they're going about presenting it, not about the story itself, because the story itself is bare bones and simple. And even the characters are, are pretty simple. I mean, I think that Dan Stevens does a fantastic job, but the, the rest of the characters are, are kind of um, mostly bare bones. But there's so much added to the presentation aspect that it, that's what sort of defies expectation. And that's what really makes me watch this and say, not only is am I compelled by this, but there's art happening here. And that's what I am really interested in. Mm-hmm. And so the final episode was a lot more straightforward and very much things I've seen before. Everybody has seen before. So that's why I really was I was disappointed by it. I said, that should have been better. Because everything about the show has been, so far, mm-hmm. not not doing things that everybody has seen before. Right. Oh, uh, you know, one, you liked the the silent movies scene, which I thought was good. The the way they um, how the motion was jerky and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, it really fit that kind of feel uh, of old time movies. You know, another scene that was uh, was the previous episode or two before, but um, when the sound cut out, mm-hmm. that was really cool. I mean, because yeah. it wasn't just like the, for us the sound cut out, for them the sound cut right. out too. And I, I. Uh, I watched that scene twice. I like that's that's probably my, one of my favorite scenes of the whole. That was in the fifth series. episode, yeah. Um, the sixth episode was okay; wasn't as wasn't as great. The one where they were in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, but the seventh episode was fantastic. And you you didn't like the the teaching scene, right? The scene where they were in uh, where he and his rational mind, which mm-hmm. was British, which was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that part was funny. I just it seemed like you know. All that exposition kind of explaining. I felt like it was necessary to have that exposition because I didn't read, I don't know the comic books. So, I mean, I don't know who this character is. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to do it and tell us who this character was. So they could really, the whole point was to raise the stakes. Not only was it to show us who this enemy was, but that this enemy had other things in mind besides just David's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just gave a little bit of a backstory, but instead of making it just a boring, you know, one person talking to another backstory, they put some animation on the chalkboard and stuff to, to just to entice you into, in, into having something visual to, to watch while you were digesting this backstory. You, you do something interesting while you're doing the service of the plot, which is just an important, I mean, it's an important thing to do and I'm glad that they mm. did it. Okay. I think the last episode was directed poorly too. There's a whole, it's about a minute of like slow-mo that's un- completely unnecessary. I understand what the point of slow motion is. You're raising tension. But it was unnecessary. And, like, I get that, like, the the silent movie stuff and all that. That's show-offy. I get it. But to me, Legion has earned it. It's earned the ability to do that show-offy stuff because it's so unique and there's so much different stuff mm-hmm. going on. The, the stuff that happened in the last episode felt... The tension part, most of the tension felt unearned. Some of the, some of the things at the end, there, there's some great scenes in there, but for the most part, it's kind of an empty thing. And I was like, I was really expecting more. I, I think that it's interesting because it start the episode starts off in a really cool and interesting place, where if they would have kept that 
viewpoint up, and I don't want to spoil it because you don't like spoilers and you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. if they would have kept that viewpoint up for the entirety of the episode, that would have been a really cool way to take it. Because they, they start it with a different viewpoint on everything that's happening. And I think that would have been a cool way to take it, have the final episode of the series be a completely different viewpoint on everything that's been happening. They still resolve stuff, mm-hmm. but have it be from a different viewpoint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. wondering whose viewpoint. You'll you'll see. You'll see when you watch it. I mean, I think you should watch it, but I think it's not as it, it, to me it's not as not nearly as exciting as the rest of the show had been. I'm still very interested in the second season stuff like that. Still mm-hmm. still blown away by it. But the last episode was you know, left me with a bit of a empty taste, so feeling a little bit empty, feeling a little bit like uh like they they really should have done more with it. Gotcha. <laughs> You're just All staring right. at me like <laughs> I got staring into my soul. I don't know how to respond. <laughs> um let's see, do I have I have lots of stuff to talk about. Um I had a tweet. You did? I did. Holy shit. But uh, I do want to talk about time crystals. Did you see anything about these time crystals? No, I didn't see anything about time crystals. Maybe I'll save that for the post show. Okay. It's an interesting topic. Um, the tweet was attack the premise itself. That was the tweet. Um, that to me is the reason why I, w- I was thinking about the rhetoric that goes on politically and one of the things because I was reading some stuff about this is when the all the healthcare shenanigans were going on last week and I kept hearing you know from the Republicans job killing Obamacare job killing Obamacare and I was like wait a minute attack the premise what's job killing about it the jobs have been growing since Obamacare has been established how can you show that it's job killing so I think that a concerted effort needs to be done to to attack these premises, attack these shorthand words that are being used, uh, and show that they're false. Um, I don't, I, I don't know whether that's going to work or not. I mean, I don't know how to how to. No one quite knows how to attack the sort of post fact world that we found ourselves find ourselves yeah. in right now. But I don't think the answer is succumb to it <laughs> I hope not yeah I don't know what to tell you it's um but everything you hear it's the same kind of thing people are yeah I, I've been I've been reestablishing my political bonafides because I've I took some time I, I had to I had to take some time to re to reevaluate what was going on because I couldn't justify myself having the opinions that I did without really doing some introspection and really some deep thinking. It needed, I needed to go over what I was thinking. And and some of my thinking has changed a bit, Um, especially with regards to uh, stuff we've talked about before, like certain, um, certain words being off limits. And I think that part of the, there, there's a lot of pushback from 
the culture at large about certain words and concepts and things being off limits and uh, things like there are people who say you shouldn't even say stupid anymore because stupid is insulting to people. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a point where you're taking this too far where it's fucking stupid (laughs) where you bowing to all of these, to every single person and, and constituency that's been hurt in some way doesn't actually accomplish anything. Like you have to pick and choose your battles sometimes. And so I don't know. I'm less about. I'm less about some of the more. I think that there the people who are against political correctness have a bit of a point. Um, and it, so that's something that you know I've changed a little bit of my mind on. Um, most of my thoughts, you know, most of my political views, haven't changed so much. But there are things that I'm you know starting to to see in a slightly different light. The, the there's a kind of joy that I got seeing dumb white people struggle that I wouldn't get if I saw dumb black people struggle, for instance. Okay. And, you know, I had to take myself to task for that. There's... The problem is not white or black people, the problem is rich or poor people. Right? The problem is the culture that you're up in, and it doesn't matter whether you're white or not. I mean, I, I think that the system is kind of tuned to straight white male. But if you grow up in a very poor environment, you're not you're not getting off on the right foot. And the whole thing is every I, I agree with the general conservative concept of everyone starts out at the starting line and you know and and then it's where you go from there the problem is i don't think that everyone starts out at the same starting line yeah yeah you're right and so down the same starting line they don't they don't have the same equipment they're not running the same path there's all kinds of problems but so it's not a fair race yeah and so that that's that i think is the thing that that i see that conservatives today don't acknowledge they refuse to acknowledge. They say, "Oh no, everything is everything is merit based." I mean, even if that were true, which I don't think it is, but even if that were true, everyone starts out at different starting points, so you are necessarily excluding a lot of people from that. Because mm-hmm. people have lots of head starts, they can just jog, and they'll be fine. And yes. so, yeah. The th- so here's here's the other thing. I think that the best solution to to most of our problems is steady, continual, slow but steady growth. But that's what we had under Obama. People didn't like that because slow, steady growth looks like stagnation. And in the long run, slow, steady growth is much better. It's it's sustainable. You can keep it up. You can when when things are slowing down in certain areas, you can pick up by you know by putting some stimulus in some areas and slowing it down in other areas. We don't need it, but there is an argument. It's an old argument, but it's a decent one, which is in the long run we're all dead. So 
we need to have things popping as well as mm-hmm. just sustainable growth. Okay. Yeah, I don't have. I don't know what to say. I don't okay. have anything really. Uh, well, you asked me about my politics. You know, you bet about why I wasn't talking about politics for yeah. a while. And it's sure. I no, been... This is fine. I'm just, you know, for that particular thing. I mean, yeah, sounds, sounds good. I don't have any uh, momentous insight. Um, I do. I would like to see more attacks on Trump's businesses. I mean, the whole Republican thing is taking business as a sort of sacred thing. As if businesses were were like children. Right, you you raise you know there these new people and and uh, by law they're they're considered people and you you try to raise them you try to give them a flourishing environment stuff like that uh, but all Trump has done is game the system by making like seven hundred different businesses he's he's running an orphanage and he's just gaming the system gaming the system and that's all he's been doing and I think that that would be a good attack on him for. The next uh, election, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I also, I'm glad to see that uh, Congress is just as dysfunctional, and they're not letting Trump be king, regardless of what he wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trump is lashing out in the same way he always did by just attacking whoever he can. That's uh, going to grow old fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then the White House can't stop making controversy. Right. That, that's the environment that they seem to thrive. I mean, at least that they seem to be most comfortable in. So. But they're making their own problems. With the... They, it, it, it almost seems like they feed off it. They are so willing to, to make problems. It's like they need the chaos. I guess. Let's put out a shitty story. We'll go on the Sunday talk shows and change and just use it to change the topic. Uh-huh. I can't believe this strategy is working. Best to sometimes it's best to just not concentrate on the political shit because if you keep thinking that it's life and death every day, you're gonna you're gonna be just paralyzed. But if you realize that it's just a bunch of crazy shit occurring in some kind of abstract land then you can more deal with it i mean the like the really offensive stuff of you know about the healthcare bill destroyed the healthcare bill so that was never going to pass the even if that word somehow got through the house it would have never gotten through the senate the really disgusting things about the budget are never going to get through the thing that, that the budget that trump released mm-hmm. uh, which was just a disgrace that's never going to get through um some conservative shit is going to ha- get through. It's going to happen. I mean, we now we have conservatives in charge, and we have conservatives who are voted in by people. There's no way around that. The, this guy, Garouche, he's going to get on the Supreme Court one way or another. I, I understand the reason why the Democrats feel like they need to filibuster him. It's a political thing. And at the same time, if you're threatened with this, then just you feel like just pull the trigger already. Don't, you know, if you're going to keep holding this over our head, mm-hmm. just just do it. Uh, because it'll that that'll that'll bite the Republicans in the ass, and they do it just as it's you know what they did, what their Democrats did with it is biting them in the ass. Uh, so 
So much fun. Yes. Um, so uh, This American Life and Serial put out a new podcast this week, S-Town, Shit Town. It's, um, it's inter- they put it all out at once, like Netflix style, uh-huh. seven episodes. It, it's interesting because it definitely is not like like when they started go, going in on like this topic you know what's it about it's about uh, a little backwater town in alabama uh, a guy wrote in and he claimed to uh, this american life that you know there was a murder being covered up and stuff like that so uh, the guy went, Brian, I forget his last name, but he went down, met with this, and, you know, in their kind of deep, long-form, you know, journalism-type style, and, you know, maybe it could have been an episode of This American Life, but, you know, it was so in-depth, and there was such a story that they broke it into a seven-episode uh, thing. And the story is about, basically, um, John B. McLemore, who's this guy that called down. He's very eccentric and whatnot. And they kind of try to research the murder. And this is the spoiler part. Uh, I know you don't care about the spoilers. Mm -hmm. Listeners might. Uh, So if you want to listen to S-Town, you should stop listening now. And we'll go right on to the main show. So there won't be any more pre-show topic after this. Um... Spoilers commencing now is turns out that uh, there wasn't a murder. He had his story wrong, but this guy is very eccentric. You know, you might think he's autistic or something like that. Um, Really, really smart guy. Turns out, well, he like a couple episodes in, he commits suicide. Hmm. So there's a suicide story in here and the kind of the fall, the outcome of all that. And then this guy was a clock repair guy, um, like antique clocks and whatnot. And one of the things that he did regularly is fire gilding, where you make a gold mercury amalgam and you put it on the clock pieces and use a torch to vaporize the mercury. So did he get mercury poisoning? Mad that kind of, kind of explains the manic way he and how depressed he was and how negative he was about the world. You know, they didn't have any conclusive evidence, right? Because they didn't really get turned on to the Mad Hatter's mm-hmm. disease until after he was buried and you can't do mercury, you know, afterwards. I guess you can't check for mercury poisoning, you know, weeks or months afterwards, really? something like that. Mon- months afterwards, something like that. So they weren't able to draw a conclusive thing, but it really fits into the whole thing. But then there's... He was he was gay, so there was and he's in this, you know, backwater Alabama town, so there was a good story about him and you know, like how he had no friends, but then he was well respected in the clock community, so he had uh like renowned, like really close clock friends, but you would have never known it, you know, like mm-hmm. he probably didn't even know it. And then they kind of he had a couple boyfriends and Again, those guys cared about him deeply, but, you know, and so they kind of went into this whole thing and he kind of was, you know, kind of imprisoned in his, you know, mental state because of the mercury poisoning, most likely. And, um, but he had his current, like, had one friend who was a much younger guy that he was kind of doing things for. Like, (laughs) he hated tattoos, but his, this guy and his partner, like, the tattoo parlor was going under. So he, like, spent, like, a zillion dollars on tattoos 
to kind of so they'd have the money to you know to make to pay the bills and stuff like that. <laughs> like he had like a complete like shirt like front and back done type thing. Um, he done things like he had a hedge maze outside. You know, he made a hedge maze hedge maze in the backyard. Uh, but so the one guy probably the, a three D printer too. Yeah. The the one guy that you know from the tattoo shop, he was good friends with him, and, and John B. McLemore had told him, you know, like he's going to leave all his, you know, stuff, and like there's rumor that this guy has gold bars buried in the woods somewhere, you know, like millions of dollars worth of. Because he made big time money, he came from old money, he made big time money in the clock doing clock repairs. Like the the other clock guys that were interviewed, like said, oh yeah, he was a real dude. He probably made million dollars restoring clocks and um they couldn't find any of the money well it turns out when he committed suicide he didn't even have a will right so there his mom was still alive there were some cousins from florida so the story about the cousins versus the friend and the friend was going on the property digging like the metal detector trying to find the gold bars so like it just like there's all these facets to the story uh in the end the story kind of there's no, there's no like big reveal or right. pop at the end. It kind of just concludes. Right. Kind of, well, I don't know, fizzle out, but it just ends, right? And, um, but I don't know. For some reason, the story just like haunts me. Like you know, it, like there was just like so many good little nuggets in the thing. You know, like you, you could tell a story about any person. You know, with enough yeah. effort to make it good. Right. But you know, just like you got really got to know this character and. Uh, I mean that's that's kind of what they made, but you know, like they did like three three years worth of journalism on this story, and you you can I kind of get the feel after listening to it. it's like okay we got all this shit, what's the story we're going to tell that's going to be compelling to be the next serial type podcast right? So you could see how they kind of was like massaged into this mm. this thing with the murder mystery intrigue, the suicide, the fight over all his. Well, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything about it, so it yeah. doesn't have the same kind of cultural yeah. push that oh, no, Serial had. No. Yeah. It just dropped on Wednesday or Thursday, so it might still, ca- you know, I mean, I didn't hear about Serial the first week either. Mm. Uh, you know, this is the first time I, I think that they've done something like this where they did it Netflix style and dropped all the episodes at once. So you could binge to it. Maybe they did that because it wasn't as compelling as Serial. So they just kind of, like, wanted to that people consume it all before they got distracted for a week, right? Mm. And maybe didn't come back to it. Oh, that's about all I have. So that's done. It's, it's, it's an interesting listen. And, uh, John B. McLemore was an interesting guy. Sounds like it. So I went out immediately on YouTube and looked up fire gilding. <laughs> There's a guy doing, don't, it. don't, don't do it. Don't do fire gilding. Yeah. No. You know, I didn't really know what amalgams were. I guess, you know, an amalgam is any metal dissolved in mercury. And mercury will dissolve metals, which is another thing I didn't really know. Like, you put gold. You want kind of want fine gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your silver, zinc, all kind, not copper. But all kinds of metals will dissolve in mercury. Hmm. <laughs> And then that's how the fire gilding works. You, you take the the mercury gold amalgam, which is kind of a pasty, watery thing. You paint it on like a clock hand, right? That's how they used to burn off the mercury. You, you use a torch and you vaporize. And as the mercury vaporizes away, the gold is 
you know, old school plated, you know, it's not electroplating mm-hmm. in any means, but it's fire plating, I guess, you know, it's kind of plated onto the hands of the clock or whatever you're fire gilding. Interesting. I wonder what the chemical reaction going on there is. I, I think it's, you know, the gold suspended in the mercury, and then when the mercury goes away, it lands on the metal. But gold is famously non-reactive, so yeah. how does it stay? Yeah, uh, there, There's some kind of wash you have to put on it first uh, that might help it bond it. I'm not sure. Um, gold miners used to use mercury in their sluices to catch the fine gold. Mm. So they'd have like a copper tray in their sluice in the riffles and they would put mercury in there and it would dissolve the gold as the gold was washing by and then they would have to distill the gold out of the mercury. That that's super duper illegal these days, but Pat. could you oh my god, I couldn't imagine like because they were probably boiling off the mercury to get the gold back. Sure. I mean that's probably the easiest way. Nuts. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, mercury had such a high vapor pressure. It, like it'll evaporate at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, that's why they tell you like when if, if you break a thermometer or something, don't mm-hmm. you know, don't be around and don't inhale stuff around. Yeah. Crazy. All right, so we should move on. Yeah, show time.